And here we go. Welcome to another episode of HSK Today, Playoff Edition. Brian McCormick here, you there. Damon Cotton's on the other side of the glass as we have another one of our extended pregame editions of HSK Today. The Silver Knights getting ready for Game 2 of the Pacific Division Final, the best of three series with the Bakersfield Condors. Condors took the opening stanza last night here at T-Mobile Arena, where I currently sit. Silver Knights with their backs against the wall trying to prolong this series to a deciding game three that would be on Saturday if necessary. Now for the Anderson Silver Knights, uh, last night was was just so much fun. I mean, not the end result that fans wanted, I know, but, but boy was last night just a phenomenal game in terms of just action and excitement and chances and you want your best players to be your best players well for both teams we saw tremendous outings from the best and unfortunately for the silver knights their top guns couldn't find a way past Stuart skinner the bottom six forwards did as ben jones and pavel dorofia both found the back of the net uh but adam cracknell was what he has been all year which is a veteran star for the bakersfield condors a player who at his age at 35 i think he knows and i, I don't mean to speak freely but i'm sure he does that you know the nhl portion of his career is behind him but still a very very productive and useful and uh, desirable player at the ahl level and he's been just that in the postseason as we'll talk about uh, in just a few moments but the goaltending was was really the the highlight and on top of that last night uh, just a, a bit of a cool wrinkle uh, for all the watch parties I've ever been at, where usually, you know, everyone's sitting in beach chairs or, or, I mean, depending on the venue, of course, sometimes it's a theater setting, but people are just sitting back, relaxing, watching the game, and maybe there's kids playing, uh, you know, uh, tag in the background or cornhole or whatever the hell, you know, the heck is going on. Uh, this is the first watch party I've ever been to where there's actually a hockey game going on in the middle of the hockey game where we had the Henderson Silver Knights playing an important game one and the Vegas Golden Knights on the big screen, picture in picture, dangling above the rink, playing a game of their own, game six against the Minnesota Wild. And unfortunately for Vegas Golden Knight fans and Silver Knights fans, and they're one and the same, uh, neither game went th their way last night, and that's why the Vegas Golden Knights are getting ready for a decisive game seven in this building tomorrow night. Uh, but, but nonetheless, uh, there was hockey galore last night uh, in the Vegas Valley, and that's the way it should be and hopefully will be for many, many, many years to come, even late in the month of May. So, again, for the for the Henderson Silver Knights, uh, a strong showing in Game 1. Uh, and last night after the game, despite the disappointment of the loss, many Viveros did talk on the subject of how, you know, at the end of the day, it really was a very, very good hockey game. No, you, you, if, if from that point of view, as far as uh, I thought it was a really good game from both teams, um, you know, could have went either way. I thought both goaltenders were outstanding. Um, you know, they, uh, you know, we made mistakes to capitalize. They made mistakes. We, we capitalized and, you know, both teams actually had more opportunities to, you know, make the score even um, higher from on both sides here is one of those things. Um, you know, we made a mistake at the wrong at wrong time. Uh, it was a you know bad change in our part in overtime, and we got caught out to shorthand, and they came down and capitalized. But uh, I know I thought it was a, a real good game. And that was head coach May Viveros, and, and you heard him mention it. we we kind of talked about it last night when it happened. Uh, for for both these teams, May Viveros says we capitalized on each other's mistakes. And I think that's indicative of what last night was. There weren't that many mistakes, but we did just see wide open hockey and, and two teams that, that have uh, just tremendous up and down skill. Uh, and, and again, usually I think when we talk about a, a well, 
uh, a well-played game, teams that stick to their structure and stick to the uh, to the game plan and, and so on and so forth. Usually in those uh, instances, we're talking about games that are extremely uh, defensively responsible and uh, slugfest and just really fight-for-every-inch kind of games. Last night wasn't that, but both of these teams were pretty well-structured. They just played in a style where it created opportunities rather than stifled them, uh, and there were so many great chances. Gage Quinney hit a post in the second period, or in the third period that could have been a difference-maker. Adam Cracknell hit a couple of posts, uh, and the puck that finally went in in overtime to end this one, uh, well, we'll listen to it right now. This was Adam Cracknell's overtime winner in Game 1. Glove down by Cracknell. Silver Knights need a change. They'll get a few new bodies on. Here's Cracknell from the right circle. He scores. Adam Cracknell was loose at the right circle while the Silver Knights went for a change. He had an open look. And before he was knocked down, he beats Logan Thompson upstairs. It's an overtime winner for Adam Cracknell. And the Condors take game one. And that was the overtime winner for Adam Cracknell. And you hear Manny Viveros talk about it. He said that was one of the mistakes that, that we made. And we talked about it last night when it happened. Silver Knights were, were stuck in their zone for much of overtime. You could just you could sense Bakersfield come out with some desperation in overtime. And not only should there be desperation in overtime, of course, it's sudden death. you got to get on the board first. But on top of that, this is a Condors team that has had the the experience of playoff overtime and doing so in must-win fashion with their Game 2 and Game 3 wins over the San Diego Gulls in the first round. Uh, so, of course, that, that feeds into it. They've, they've done done it before, and, and there's plenty of players playing in hockey who have played overtime before. It's not that necessarily that experience, but they've done it recently. They've kind of honed the uh, the skill set of playing overtime hockey in the last couple of weeks, but also they've played so much hockey the last four days. It's been upwards of, of you know parts of 12 periods in four days that for the Condors, I, I wouldn't doubt that they would say to themselves, hey guys, the longer this game goes on, the, the worse our chances are going to be with the gas that's left in the tank. If we're going to win, we got to do this quickly. And even though overtime lasted about 10 minutes, Still, the Silver Knights were pinned in their zone. The Condors had the legs and had the energy and had the uh, the tenacity on the puck in overtime and the long change. In overtime, both teams, it's, it's a second period change where the bench is on the far side of the ice. And the Silver Knights got pinned and they cleared the puck out and they thought, all right, this is our shot. Let's try to get to the bench quickly. Uh, and it was the wrong time to do it. it they just the, the, the transition for the Condors came back in too quickly. Uh, and it was uh, Adam Cracknell who was... Uh, at the right circle with just enough time, just enough time before he was uh, essentially buried by Zach Hayes, who came diving across trying to stop it. But um, Adam Cracknell with a two-goal game. He has seven points in the playoffs right now. The veterans for the Condors uh, were the standout players last night between Adam Cracknell uh, and Seth Griffith. And, again, that was what we expected. We talked about the fact that this is a, a Condor team that not only do they have age and experience but they use age and experience they they lean on it. it's not it's not a deficiency it's uh it's a a, a feature not a bug if you will and and it uh it certainly uh, made itself known yesterday but uh, the goaltending was was absolutely fantastic, and I can I think we can all hope that we see the same matchup tonight. We haven't seen lineups yet, uh, but Logan Thompson last night was uh, spectacular with 35 saves in 71 minutes. Again, counting overtime, Stuart Skinner 25 stops on 27 shots in 71 plus minutes. He was outstanding. He had a tremendous save late in the third period uh, on Gage Quinney, a, ga a goal that. Uh, at that stage of the game, probably would have held up as the winner had it gone in. Uh, both of these goaltenders acrobatic uh, in their talents, and we've seen that all year long. Again, just to give a little bit of context, we talked about this a bit last night, and now we'll go even further. 
including regular season play and last night. So playoffs and and uh, and regular season combined. Stuart Skinner against the Silver Knights this season, 7-2 and 0 with a 203 goals against and a 921 save percentage. That's good. That's really good. <laughs> Logan Thompson, 2-3 and 2. So a losing record against the Condors, but with a 208 goals against average and a 937 save percentage. So both of these goaltenders are putting up video game numbers right now. The difference being that Stuart Skinner is coming up on the on the right side of a lot of one-goal games between these two. Uh, and last night was the same. It was uh, just a war of attrition, but both of these goaltenders great. Uh, so, uh, doing, doing what we always say great goaltenders have to do. You need to make all the saves you're supposed to make and then make two or three of the ones that you're not supposed to make. I'd say Stuart Skinner and Logan Thompson combined made about seven last night that they had no business making uh, as both of these teams were just high-flying. And, and uh, it was, uh, it's a, it's a best-of-three series. That's the, the structure of the Pacific Division final this year. But I think all of us would sign up right now. If, if all the games are going to be like last night, let's go best-of-eleven because we last night was just so, so good. And we're, uh, we're hopefully... Uh, in store for more tonight in Game 2, which will be here on 12.30 of the game with a 7 o'clock puck drop. Well, we talked about uh, those factors, and Ryan Murphy, the captain, uh, touched on last night's style of play as well when we caught up with him this morning. Here's Ryan Murphy. It was. It had it had that playoff feel. I don't know if anyone knew exactly what the intensity was going to be going in. Granted, everything that's happened, but it was a fast-paced, hard-hitting, tight game, and that's playoff hockey, so... I think we have a lot of stuff to improve on. That was not our. That wasn't our best. We know that, and we, to go into overtime and and to uh, and to lose, it was it was pretty defeating. So we're going to be focused and uh, play play the way we know how to play, and we're we're going to win. So we just got to focus on ourselves. Even with the corrections you guys want to make, again that that wide open action packed feel that last night has. Would you guys feel comfortable in another game like that, or would you like things to be a bit tighter or or more of a grind? Yeah, I think I, I think we need to tighten up a bit. Uh, we pride ourselves on team defense, and I think that's uh, a big part of why we are where we are and how we did during the season. So I think we got away from it last night. There were some sloppy passes, some sloppy breakouts, and that's that's uncharacteristic for us. So we addressed it. We're going to come into tonight with uh, a lot of positivity and, and good vibes and get the job done. For, for playoff overtime, Bakersfield played in three straight overtime games. Now they've won all three, but – it's still five-on-five five hockey, but, of course, with such high stakes. Does playoff overtime feel different? Is there is there is a little tighter out there, maybe? Oh, for sure. I mean, regular season overtime, it's three-on-three three shootout. It's pretty much a toss-up 50-50. Um, whereas in playoffs, when you're playing five-on-five, five, it's it's a regular game. You're going out there, you're doing your own job, you're, you're t- taking care of your own end, and, and you're battling. Uh, a lot of intensity for sure, um, but it was fun. It, it's fun. You 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 want to be one of those guys who wants to be in those situations, want to play, want to play big minutes in those situations, and and help your team out. So we have a lot of guys like that who are our clutch hockey players. And last night we came up on the the right wrong side of overtime, but I'm I'm pretty pretty confident that if it were to happen again, we would be ready and we would uh, we would do something differently. Ryan, everyone's played a lot of hockey lately, of course, but for Bakersfield, they've played parts of 12 periods over the course of the last four days. Is it possible that maybe you guys might have fresher legs tonight? Is that something that could factor in, or at this time of year, does it really not matter? Well, it's hard to say. I mean, I don't know how exactly they're they're feeling over there, but it's, it's playoff hockey. Everyone's bruised up. Everyone's tired. So <clears throat> at the end of the day, it's 
you got to get that adrenaline going and, and put it's mind over matter. If you're tired, you gotta, you gotta grind through it and find a way to do your job and to get the job done. So sure. They might be a little bit more fatigued. They played an extra game and went into overtime, but we, we got to take advantage of it. No, no excuses and, and get the job done. Ryan, the power play last night uh, didn't capitalize, but had some really, really great looks, especially around the net. Did you guys get the looks that you wanted that, that you feel good headed in the game too? Yeah, we got some good looks. Um, at the end of the day, we, we didn't capitalize, and that's, uh, that's on us. The power play is a big part of our, any team. It's, it's a motivator. It's, it's huge, and we didn't get the job done yesterday, so that's something we need to address and something we need to bear down and be more hungry. Um, on, the, on the plus side, we did move the puck well. We, we, we gained the zone with, with, uh, with possession, so it wasn't all bad, but uh, we have a hungry group, and, and that wasn't good enough for, for all 10 of us, and we know that. So we're going we're gonna to change some things up and, and bear down. Ryan, thanks for your time. Good luck tonight. Thank you. And that was Ryan Murphy. And again, just the way the Silver Knights, you can hear in his voice almost almost frustration. Yes, last night was a, a fun game. And yes, the Silver Knights played a style that could win, but they didn't win. And therefore, it wasn't good enough. Uh, very interesting to see how the Silver Knights uh, try to kick it up a notch. And of course, they know they have to. They lost game one. They're going to have to find something extra to stay alive in game two. Uh, and one thing that I think is worth mentioning and worth noticing is... Uh, how they rode the momentum swings last night, and it started with the goal by Ben Jones in the third period. Now Caldas at the blue line, tried to play it across, forced out to center by Rombjörg, and now the Silver Knights take it away. Here's Ben Jones on a breakaway, scores! Jonas Rombjörg forced the turnover, Ben Jones picks it up, and he takes it the distance. We're tied at one. And that was Ben Jones, the goal that finally broke through against Stuart Skinner in the third period. The bottom six for the Henderson Silver Knights, extremely effective last night. Uh, and again, that was a point where this building had 3,200-plus people, and it was was bumping. Uh, and it'll be interesting to see how the Silver Knights can can capture that momentum and that energy in the postseason. Again, this is the first uh, taste of Silver Knights postseason hockey that we're getting. So the uh, And again, the, these will vary through the years in terms of where they rank on the list. But you could say, you know, the Ben Jones goal last night, uh, you know, we, we saw some big plays against San Jose last week. But, you know, start compiling that list of, uh, of those first big playoff moments for the Henderson Silver Knights. Ben Jones's uh, goal last night brought the building to life. It wasn't enough. Uh, but for the Silver Knights, again, how can they find those those punctuation moments to turn the tide tonight against a Condors team that has the uh, the upper hand, feels very, very good about themselves, and has a goaltender in Stuart Skinner who can lock things down and the veteran savvy to, to close the game down. So very important for the Silver Knights to get off to a good start against a Condors team that should be tired. Silver Knights have played a lot of hockey lately themselves, but uh, we'll, we'll see who uh, who has the upper hand early and who has the opportunity to, to manage the pace of this game uh, over the course of 60 minutes or more. We'll step aside. Big show today. We'll have Ryan Holt, the voice of the Bakersfield Condors, up next as he gives us a little bit of background on what's happening across the hallway. We'll also have Mike McKenna on the program to talk a little VGK and HSK in this very busy and very important and very high-stakes week in the Vegas Valley for both professional hockey teams. Back in just a moment with Ryan Holt of the Bakersfield Condors on HSK Today on 1230 The Game. Enthusiasms, enthusiasms. What am I? What draws my admiration? What is that which gives me joy? Brian McCormick.
Back on HSK today, Brian McCormick here with you, getting ready for Game 2 of the Pacific Division Finals with the Henderson Silver Knights and Bakersfield Condors. We are joined by the voice of the Bakersfield Condors, Mr. Ryan Holt. Uh, Ryan Holt, you are one of very few repeat guests on the program, so congratulations for that, and thank you for taking the time. Well, I feel honored, and uh, it's Memorial Day weekend, uh, basically, and we're playing hockey, so uh, this is a first for me. So uh, <laughs> enjoying it, and I uh, hope you are as well. I certainly am, and I'm sure it's uh, it's definitely weird to be. Uh, it's a final, but it's a second-round final. It's a best-of-three final, <laughs> and again, it's at the end of May. So we're all just rolling with it. But but tell me, Ryan, because maybe I've been blowing too much smoke. I hope I haven't been, but especially in such a, a weird year. And I, we've all appreciated this season for, for what it is, but because of the, the circumstances and the uncertainty surrounding the entire year, there haven't been that many games this year where there's been that, that tangible, palpable uh, sense of, of consequences for an outcome. You know, there, there's something actually on the line with, with this series. And with that said, last night, you, what, you were hoping we were going to see real playoff intensity. I thought last night was so much fun. I thought last night was one of the best games I've seen uh, at the AHL level all year. And you've had a couple of overtime games, so maybe you've had a little bit more of a dose of it. But I thought last night I would have signed up for five more overtimes of what we saw last night. Yeah, well, you guys got the bye in the last round with San Jose, so you didn't really get that playoff <laughs> intensity. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, it's. Uh, I, I think it was a carryover of the regular season, really, between these two teams. Uh, you know, Henderson and Bakersfield have, you know, played tight hockey pretty much the entire year, and you know, there's been a physicality aspect to it. But at, at the end of the day, it's two really good teams, you know, playing intense games. And yeah, you're right. You know, I I found myself, you know, watching that that Golden Knight game on the jumbotron and and getting upset with it because I knew that that meant that you know. One, uh, the Condors wouldn't have a, a day off today and wouldn't be able to rest up after a four and five here. But yeah. um, you know, I'm looking at it and I'm going, well, okay, now now Henderson just tied it at two two. Now we're going to overtime. This is a big overtime goal. You know, if the Condors don't get this overtime goal. They're going to play a four and five to save their season. You know, so I think it mattered. I don't want to say mattered, but I think it was more important. I think for the for the Condors to get that OT goal because I think if Henderson gets it. Now the Condors have that kind of, you know, built-in excuse, I guess, if you will, of four and five, and, oh, by the way, we tried, you know. But right. uh, at the end of the day, you know, it's another tight game, and, uh, you know, it was a game of mistakes, and, you know, one mistake ended up in the back of our net late, and then you know, one mistake ended up in the back of your net late, and that was uh, that's really the difference. With Ryan Holt, the voice of the Condors. You know, it's interesting you say that, Ryan, because we, we talked about it a little bit on our last segment, the, the amount of hockey that the, the Condors have played of late. It's, uh, it's been a lot. And with that, I thought the Condors came out like bats out of hell in the first 10 minutes. Well, it was only 10 minutes of overtime, but they controlled overtime. And part of me wonders, of course, there's always going to be urgency. you, you got to score first in overtime. But almost, was, was there a sense, you think, for the Condors of, hey, guys, we've played a lot of hockey lately. The longer this game goes, the less our chances are going to be. We've got to end this somewhat quickly. Was, did you sense a bit of, of uh, extra urgency in, in overtime from the Condors? Yeah, absolutely. And, and – to it, uh, the last two times, uh, you know, the team went to overtime. You know, I, I forget what day. What day are we in now? But yeah, Sunday and Monday. <laughs> Thursday, uh, I'm told. Yeah. yeah, when they went to when they went to OT in those games, there was definitely a sense of urgency. There was a uh, a real palpable, hey, we're, we're going to bring the attack right now. And if we get caught, you know, flat footed, or if we get caught on a counter rush, you know, so be it. We'll give up a chance and, and, and take our chances that way. But we want to try and go out and get this. Um, you know, and and I think you definitely saw that last night. Um, that said, you know, Henderson had a couple of chances right before the goal. 
Um, then an attacking zone faceoff ended up, you know, circling around and ended up in the back of the net. So, um, yeah, there was definitely a, you know, a sense of urgency to end it. Uh, there was a sense of, you know, hey, we're playing pretty well five on five. Let's keep it going. And, you know, at the end of the day, you know, Jay Woodcroft always likes to say the, the best defense is, is an offense that's sitting in the attacking zone. If, if there's only one puck and if the puck is 200 feet from your net, you're doing okay. You know, and you don't have to be great defensively, you know, if you're, if you're cycling and doing everything you need to do in the offensive zone. And that's when the Condors are at their best and, and you saw a glimpse of it, you know, in that overtime session. Ryan, I think the goaltending duel we saw last night, in a game that five goals were scored, I thought the goaltending duel was yeah. absolutely magnificent. Uh, and, and yeah, it, uh, I'm, I'm hoping we get a redo of it tonight. Yeah, exactly. I, you know, they were the two best netminders in the league. Uh, I think this year, the two best, certainly in the division. Um, you know, this season, and you know, the Condors just beat one uh, in a pretty good netminder in Dostal's and playing lights out, and you know, took him to two overtimes just to get by him. Uh, same thing, kind of with Thompson. You know, you kind of look at it and you go, man, how are we going to beat this guy? And I think the, the best thing about the, the Condor side of things is they don't really get frustrated when that type of you know, situation occurs. Usually Baker still out shooting teams. Usually there's a pretty decent shot margin between the two sides. And even in tight games, they don't really look up at it and go, well, you know, what was me? We've had, you know, double the chances and why can't we score? Um, that happened in game one, basically in San Diego with, you know, so many chances and, Dostal just stood on his head, and same kind of thing last night. You know, with two comebacks there in the third, I, I started thinking, well, are you going to be able to get three on Thompson here? I, I'm not sure. You know, and, yeah. um, same thing. I think you know we talked about this before. You kind of look in the mirror and you go, are we going to be able to get three on Skinner? I, I'm not really right. sure. You know, and uh, you know that's and, well, that, that's what's made this this season series so tough. Is on any given yeah. night, you know, that two might need to be enough. And, and just to give you like, I, I've got the numbers in front of me here. Regular season and playoffs combined, Logan Thompson, he's 2-3-2 two, two against the Condors, but a goals against of 208 and a save percentage of 937. You have those two stats personally. How do you not have more wins? And with that, I guess I say... He's got two wins with a 94 save percentage. Yeah, I, I wonder from the Condors' perspective, uh, Ryan, except there have been a couple of, of uh, outliers where there have been more comfortable outcomes in this season series, but it's been a lot of slim margin one-goal hockey games. I guess the question would be, how have the Condors consistently found themselves on the right side of that slim margin? Uh, it's a commitment just to keep playing, you know, the game the way they've been playing. Uh, you know, they, they've played really good hockey here since, you know, really mid-February and really after the first uh, two, three weeks of the, the regular season. It, you know, you throw out those five losses and look at the Condor's record, and there's a quiet confidence about the team that, you know, they're going to be able to, you know, hang with anybody. But that said, you know, it's getting to the point where you're kind of looking at things and going, is this going to run out at some point? Because you kind of look at it and go, how is this team doing what it's doing, you know, given the lineup that it has with, you know, let's face it, you know, some bodies that are out of there right now that, you know, would be in there on an everyday basis. Ryan McLeod up in the NHL and uh, some other injuries that have, you know, hampered this team. And, and yet you keep looking at it and going, well, they're playing 11 forwards or basically nine forwards last night. I, I think they basically played three lines the entire night. And at the end of the day, they're, they're finding ways to hang in it. And you kind of look at it and go, well, well, surely a four and five or a three and four with travel and OTs. I mean, that's, that's got to do something, but they find a way to hang tight. And um, they know that they have, you know, tremendous respect for Henderson and, and San Diego in the last round. Um, you know, I felt that, that these teams have been fantastic all year. And I uh, was talking actually with, uh, Boger's dad, Ben Grew, who's the head coach of Syracuse, and 
he was talking about uh, just how great you know the hockey is. Then he came out and saw the game, you know, over the weekend in San Diego, and um, he talked about how the division is just unreal, and how you know maybe some Eastern teams wouldn't have matched up here nearly as much if if they were playing them. So I think even though you're not getting a true call to cup final here, you might be getting two out of the you know top four teams in the league anyways going at it. So what's the difference? Well, Patrick Williams said last night on Twitter, as I uh, saw him on my feed, he said, "Wait, hey, we've got we've got two heavy hitters going at it in a playoff setting. What more could you possibly want?" Uh, yeah. Ryan, before we let you go, just one more. This is now four and five for the Bakersfield Condors. That's not a situation that any team would prefer. Um, if for the Silver Knights who need to win to hold serve, you know. I think tonight is a start where if you're ever going to get the Condors a little bit tuckered out, this is going to be the game. It's so important for the Silver Knights to come out and have a good start and take command of this game in the first period. That's yeah, the opportunity I, they should have presented to themselves. Yeah, I think uh, you know, I think that's the case. You know, I think uh, I, I think all the pressure I think is on Henderson. I'm, I'm not quite sure because it's, I would know, agree I with that. Condors, you know, the Condors have the, the built-in excuse. Not that they're ever going to use that excuse. I'll use it for them, but. Um, you know, I think you kind of look at it and go, well, it's a four and five. There was travel. They just played three overtime games. Oh, okay, surely we should be the pressure team. But, you know, I was talking with Adam Crackdell post game, and, you know, we were kind of doing our Zoom media veil. And, you know, I was kind of talking about, you know, not having the off day here and having to play on the back to back. And he said, hold, let's get right back at it. He's like, you know, this is playoff hockey, and, you know, we can wear them down as much as they can wear us down. So, I, you know, I think this, this Condors team has too carefree of an attitude to, uh, care about playing four and five, and yeah, they probably you know internally uh, you know a little ticked off here that they have to play a four and five. Yeah, probably, but you know externally it certainly doesn't show, and there's certainly no frustration about their game. So um, you know I think the atmosphere inside T-Mobile was awesome. I, I think it added a great element to it. Um, you know, and, and maybe we'll get five straight days of hockey here in Vegas this week. <laughs> uh, but it's going to be uh, going to be a lot of fun here tonight. Well, Holty, if, if 35-year-old Adam Crandall can get his wheels going again for tonight, then there's no excuse for the rest of us. It's going to be a fun game, too, and uh, looking forward to seeing you here tonight to get going. All right, man. I'll take care, and uh, we'll see you in a bit. Much appreciated. That is Ryan Holt, the voice of the Bakersfield Condors, getting set for Game 2, Silver Knights and Condors in the Pacific Division Final. We'll step aside. When we come back, we'll have Mike McKenna to talk some HSK and some VGK in a very important couple of playoff days at T-Mobile Arena that are on the way. Straight ahead on HSK Today, Brian McCormick here with you on 1230 of the game, the Silver Knights Radio Network. On this young man has had a very trying rookie season. What with the litigation, the notoriety, his subsequent deportation to Canada, and that country's refusal to accept him. Brian McCormick. Back on HSK Today, Brian McCormick here with you. Great hearing from Brian Holt of the Bakersfield Condors in our last segment. Now we move to the HSK and VGK side, and we're joined by Mike McKenna, who's all over the radio tile today. Mike, thanks for taking a few minutes. <laughs> Hey, happy to, man. Anytime. Just talking hockey. Well, Mike, I was uh, able to watch because of the unique setups at T-Mobile Arena last night. I had the Silver Knights game on the ice below me, and then on the TV screen above me, the VGK game. So kind of uh, trying to multitask watching both. You were, uh, of course, uh, full attention on the VGK last night in Minnesota. And, you know, that was, a, that was a tight game up until Minnesota pulled ahead in the third period. How did that one kind of uh, evolve? Well, you know, the first period, I thought uh, Minnesota was better than Vegas. They came out a little bit slow. Uh, just didn't seem to be in sync. And, and for whatever reason, the intensity of the series that we'd seen early is, had kind of fallen off. And you almost wonder, you know, what, what's going on? Well, is there series fatigue? 
I don't know. It was just kind of a strange start where both teams seemed to be feeling each other out. And you get to the second period, and that's when Vegas really started to pour it on. They got good opportunities, but they couldn't score. They couldn't make it happen. Uh, and then by the third, it seemed like whoever scored first is likely going to win the game, and that's exactly how it played out. Um, Minnesota comes down, scores on a two-on-one. And then there's a, a you know, a review for a goal call that does not go Vegas's way. Penalty on the play, goal on that. It's two nothing before you know it. It was just a very, very even game, uh, especially until late. But all it took was that one goal to spark Minnesota's offense, and that was the ball game. Mike, you know, you and I did nighttime at noon together earlier this week, right before Game Five. Uh, and one of the things you talked about that day was you want to make sure you don't give any breath of life into a Minnesota team that was down three games to one. And I, I just wonder, when you look at what the Golden Knights did in Game 5, they threw the kitchen sink at Cam Talbot and just couldn't get the break that they needed uh, to, to finish off a comeback. Does does Game 5's course of play, did that have any impact on Game 6, or are they two completely different entities? Not sure. I mean, they, they seem like the games were pretty different in how they came about. You know, Game Game 5 really was a pretty dominant performance for the Golden Knights, and just couldn't get things to go their direction for it. And there's still little things they can do better, right? They didn't. Ha- they still haven't had the strong transition game that we saw in, in three and four. That wasn't there last night. Um, the opportunities that they did get towards the net, there was genuine, there was usually some pressure from Minnesota that caused them to not be able to get a good shot off. So it, last night was much more even uh, than game five. And, and now you go into game seven and it's, you know, it's winner take all, obviously. So it's just, a matter of putting your head down and realizing, hey, we got one game to do this. We just have to play our best and um, try to generate those goals that haven't been able to come so far in the series. Yeah, and for Mike, we're talking to Mike McKenna, for, for Game 7, it, for that very reason, because there's been such a, a difference in the uh, each individual chapter of this series, is Game 7 a standalone? Does, does anything from 5 or 6 impact Game 7, or is it its own animal? It's just its own thing. I mean, you come out and you never know what's going to happen. The most important thing is to try to play your own game and and have energy, you know. I mean, they're going to be in the in their own building in T-Mobile, and the Golden Knights really have fed on that. Now, ironically enough, it hasn't been a catalyst for wins and playoffs across the board in the NHL. It's just over uh, just over half of the games have been won by the home team. But you do have to think that there's a certain excitement coming back to T-Mobile for the club, and um, you know, just knowing that hey, this is a brand new opportunity. They've played well against Minnesota. They can do it, but they, they're going to need everybody. Uh, and they're going to have to make sure that they stick to their game plan and, and use the details that, that Pete DeBoer's laid out for them. We'll make the shift as we are talking with Mike McKenna, who's a VGK analyst and also the Henderson Silver Knights color commentator on the CW Las Vegas. You've seen lots of Logan Thompson this season, and I don't know how much of the highlights you may or may not have gotten a chance to see from last night's HSK game, but Logan, Logan Thompson was, was Logan Thompson again. Uh, and just absolutely phenomenal in a goaltending duel with, with Stuart Skinner. I ask you as a player who played in the AHL for a long time and lots of playoff experience as well, you know, this year we've talked so much about Logan Thompson, about how he had early success this year and just ran with it. How important is it to have early success uh, in, in your postseason uh, experience as an AHL goaltender? Is, is that a, a character-forming uh, moment? It helps, for sure. I mean, it's really hard to start a series off and, if you get behind the eight ball and you don't feel like you've played well in the first game or two, it's tough to get that back. And and realistically, there's always the threat of your goalie partner heading in. I mean, Oscar Dansk has carried a team all the way to the Calder Cup Finals previously with the Chicago Wolves just two years ago. So there's experience there, uh, and, and you don't want to lose your net. So 
starting off well definitely gives you the confidence to keep things going. It gives you a little bit of a buffer. Um, you want to get the win. And the odd part, though, is that it's a three-game series, right? It's not a full seven games, so it's a very different animal this year in the American League than it would be. In a seven-game series, you have something of a little bit of wiggle room, right? You can have one game that doesn't go your way, come back strong the next, and you're good to go. Well, you don't have that in a three-game set. So you've got to carry that momentum, that, that confidence, the things you've done in the regular season, how you've played down the stretch leading up to playoffs, and just draw on that bank of confidence. You know Adam Cracknell well from his days as a Las Vegas Wrangler when you were a Las Vegas Wrangler. Uh, he had two goals last night, including the overtime winner. First of all, Mike, call him up and tell him to stop it. Uh, but <laughs> second, second of all, you know, it's 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 funny. Uh, Ryan Holt was saying to us how, uh, talking about for the Condors, they played, this will be their fourth game in five days, so it's been a lot of hockey for them, and how there's excuses there. And Adam Cracknell's response was basically like, eh. Just roll with it. We can we can grind them down as well as they can grind us down. When you look yeah, at you, go ahead, Mike. Sorry. No, I was just gonna say. I mean, he's he's been through a lot, so it's no surprise to see that he just is ready to go out and play. That doesn't surprise me one bit. Anyway, what's interesting to me is we talk about aging experience, especially in the playoffs, in terms of of leadership and and uh, knowing how to win things like that. There's something to that, but I wonder if there's also an element for for Adam Cracknell. You're kind of uh, referring to it now when you've kind of been there, done that, seen it all. I wonder if that's kind of also helpful in experience of like you know what, whatever they throw at us, we'll we'll handle it. Almost a c'est la vie kind of mentality. That's also probably pretty helpful in postseason play. Well, I think so, and part of it too is they know that the. Both teams know they're going to be done in a couple of days. So yeah. there's not like there's anything to save it for. They know that the end of the road is coming very soon here. Um, and frankly, as strange as this season's been, I, I think everybody's somewhat welcoming of that. So you're, you're more apt to really put everything out there and on the line when you know it's coming soon, when you're just frankly kind of ready for a break and you haven't had one in a long time and you want to go out a winner. Simple as that. And you know, people like Caracnell that have been around, and I mean, we were teammates in Peoria and Texas, and that, I mean, all-time teammate, right? Yeah. He has. He's seen a lot. And you look at the strength of Bakersfield, he scores. Seth Griffith scores. They're, they've been relying on their veteran experience to carry them as deep. And, you know, for the Silver Knights, it's it's veterans, but it's not quite the same age range of veterans, right? Danny O'Regan, a little bit older, 27, 28 years old, as opposed to 35, 36, like Cracknell and, and some of the older players on Bakersfield. Mike, we've talked about Logan Thompson, who got some accolades this week. Ryan Murphy was named to the Pacific Division All-Star team uh, yesterday as well. For for all you've seen of Ryan Murphy this year, and, and you've seen him through the years, he's been in the league for a while now and, and bounced back and forth, uh, how, how just, just how resurgent of a season was this for Ryan Murphy to, to reestablish himself uh, and his his offensive presence in this league. Well, it was for sure. I mean, I know coming back from the KHL, that's exactly what Ryan Murphy was looking to do. We're landing in a good spot in Henderson, but there's always no guarantees. You never know how it's going to play out. Um, I look at the intangibles that he brings to that team. Everybody on the player talks about him being a lifeblood of the locker room. He's recently named captain of the team when Patrick Brown went has stuck with the, the Golden Knights, and you know Murphy will defer saying. Brownie's still our captain. We know that. But he's taken over that role, had a great season. Obviously, he had a lot of juice behind him coming out of junior hockey. He was a first-round pick and you know, just never really got it to stick in the NHL. But you look at how his game's rounded out, especially defensively. He's been very good this year. He's playing all situations. And, and just having the confidence to be able to carry the puck and be that offensive D-man that he was touted to be coming out of junior hockey. 
With Mike McKenna, Mike, before we let you go, just yesterday was such a unique experience. Again, I'm watching the, the game I'm calling, but at the same time, not only on the, the media screens above me here at T-Mobile Arena do I have the VGK game, it's actually on a picture-in-picture -picture on the center hang scoreboard. I've never seen that before. So you had a hockey game and a watch party at the same time, and that's probably why there were 3,200 people here at T-Mobile Arena. Um, how... How blessed are we really right now in late May to have meaningful hockey? I mean, sure, between two teams, but but every single day. This is this week has basically been a, a hockey festival for Vegas, and God willing, we're doing this uh, every May for years to come. But this is just a really cool a cool time that I think we should all kind of just step back and appreciate for a moment. Yeah, embrace it. And and the hard part is that you just want to you want to see every team win, right? <laughs> you, right. Obviously, you want the Golden Knights to win, and that's going to make things better, and the Silver Knights to win, and. I think when you step back and look big picture, look at the entertainment that's on hand. Look at the the growth of hockey in this city and how that's going to, you know, last a lifetime. It's going to go on in perpetuity, and it is amazing to see. It, it's a golden age for really for professional sports in Las Vegas and the, and the entire city coming into its own that way. And you know, people are coming to Vegas now because they have teams to root for, and the Golden Knights are one of them. And be a lot more to root for, of course, if they pull off a Stanley Cup victory. But they got to get past Minnesota tomorrow night first to make that happen. Well, we're all looking forward to Game 2 tonight for the Silver Knights and the Condors. We look forward to Game 7 tomorrow night for the Vegas Golden Knights and the Minnesota Wild. Uh, Mike, you'll be getting ready for Game 7. Where can fans uh, look for you for Game 7 coverage? Well, we'll be on AT&T Sportsnet like usual. Uh, it's a 6 o'clock start, I believe. Uh, we'll double-check on that, but if that's the case, we always go a half hour beforehand, so we will be on the air uh, at 5.30. So maybe that's <laughs> not right. See, this is how, how screwy things have gotten for me. Yeah, tomorrow is a 6 o'clock game, so 5.30 on the air. <laughs> when the phone rings, back. you'll be there. <laughs> That's right. Just tell me when. <laughs> Mike McKenna doing the daily grind in the postseason as the Vegas Golden Knights look to move to the second round against Minnesota tomorrow in Game 7. Mike, thank you for the time. Much appreciated, and we look forward to uh, Game 7. Sounds good. Thanks for having me, Brian. That is Mike McKenna, Vegas Golden Knights analyst and Henderson Silver Knights color commentator. We will step aside, and when we come back, we'll wrap things up on this edition of HSK Today, pregame show edition, getting us ready for game two with the Silver Knights in Bakersfield Condors. Hopefully it can be as good as what we saw last night with, for Silver Knights fans, a different result. Back in just a moment, Brian McCormick here with you on 12th of the game, the Henderson Silver Knights Radio Network. Guess what? I got a fever. And the only prescription is more... HSK Today. Wrapping things up on HSK Today as we get set for Game 2 of the Pacific Division Final, Henderson Silver Knights and the Bakersfield Condors. Big thank you to Ryan Holt, the voice of the Bakersfield Condors, for hopping on and giving us the Bakersfield perspective. And, of course, Mike McKenna talking VGK and HSK as both teams facing elimination this week. The Henderson Silver Knights tonight needing to win to extend this series to what would be another must-win Game 3, a deciding Game 3. And, of course, the Vegas Golden Knights and the Minnesota Wild about to go head-to-head -head in Game 7 as Minnesota has climbed out of a 3-1 hole. And the Golden Knights trying to put it away here at T-Mobile Arena tomorrow night in what would be their first victory to close out a series in franchise history in this building. They have been perfect in Game 7s thus far, hoping to keep that streak alive. For tonight, if you're in your car listening and you have nothing to do and you're like, I want to go watch hockey tonight. Well, first of all, you should want, you should feel that way all the time. Uh, but we would love to have you here at T-Mobile Arena where tickets are starting at just $10 for tonight's game. 
quick turnaround after we didn't really know uh, game two would be tonight until after the uh, Vegas Golden Knight result last night. That's what made us know it was Thursday and not Friday. And therefore, uh, great deals to get you in the building. $10 tickets begin at. So head on to hendersonsilvernights.com. That's hendersonsilvernights.com. And uh, get your tickets for tonight's game two. Uh, we expect, don't know, but just from a common sense standpoint, that Logan Thompson and Stuart Skinner will both have the start again tonight. Uh, and with that in mind, uh, as all players get ready and get themselves prepared for game two, it's important that their equipment uh, is up to uh, up to snuff as well. And because uh, the game, the series is going to be over regardless of uh, win or lose, the, the series will be over by Saturday. So uh, we're going to have, I, I believe, I bl I'll have to double check and find out, check social sites for, for confirmation, but I'm pretty sure... We're going to have one more HSK today next Thursday. I think we're going to do one more just to put a bow on the season and, and wrap everything up one last time. But regardless, this is our last opportunity of the year to do the equipment check. So, Assistant Equipment Manager Cameron Batty has the equipment today. It's great. Outstanding. Glad to know. Thank you, Cameron, for staying on top Woo! of that all season long. Damon, are you stoked about the equipment? Oh, yeah, man. Fired up. Best part of the show. That a boy. That's it's it's a staple, and that's that's just quality control. That's how we make sure we stay on top of our boys. Uh, Demond, I gotta ask you. You've been in the in the uh, studio for all of this for the HSK run for this show, of course. But you've been watching a lot of playoff hockey as well. Are you enjoying playoff hockey season as much as I am, or am I overblowing it? Oh no, I'm loving it. How much have you been able to watch it? Because I assume when you're in the studio, even when I'm talking, you're probably looking at TV monitors instead. You can't be listening to me the whole time. Yes, I put the game up on my computer. I put the game up on the computer next to me so I can follow along. So last night, did you agree, from an AHL perspective, I'm not going to compete against uh, NHL games. That's just not a fair uh, juxtaposition. But did you feel last night that that was the best Silver Knights game we've seen this season just in terms of, of raw entertainment value? No, because I'm, I want to say I like it when they win more. Well, because that's, okay, well, that's the, fair. But I will okay. say this. I, after last night, I was thinking – how is Logan Thompson not already called up? Right. <laughs> I was. I, I. I'm telling you. I. I thought that I could. I could have watched another three periods of last night. If that went three or four overtimes, I would have been a okay with that. Going to bed at 5 a.m. wouldn't have made no difference to me. Having said that, I don't know if my voice would have been able to hang in that long. Also, I, I didn't know, know the overtime rules. When you told me, you told me during the break, you were like, "Yeah, basically overtime is just like sudden death until somebody <laughs> scores." And I was like, "Oh, I did not know that." See, that's why I was glad I could tell you that in advance. Like, just so you know, Damon, we might be here forever. It's entirely possible we're never going home. <laughs> but, but you hung in there. I'm very proud of you as you uh, you got your first AHL playoff experience. And you know what, Damon, you're on the uh, you're on the headset tonight as well. So maybe we'll get more of the same. Cannot wait. <laughs> he says as a shiver travels up his spine. Hey, like Mike McKenna said, Demond, this is a, either way, no matter what happens, the season ends by, by Saturday. So with that in mind, we might as well just grind it and, and uh, we might as well make some history in the process. So my hope is that you and I don't get a wink of sleep until Saturday night. That's my, that's my hope. You know what, man? If that's what it's got to be, that's what it's got to be. See, I love that. That, that, that a boy, although you're probably saying, Brian, don't drag me into this. This this masochistic fantasy of yours of, of four straight days of uh, no sleep hockey. But you know who's living that right now has been kind of the Bakersfield Condors, as we mentioned, and doing it with a lot of successes. Tonight, uh, tonight will be their fourth game in five days, and three of those games already have gone to overtime. So it's been a lot of mileage for the Bakersfield Condors, and they're going to see if they can pull up 
uh, you know, just one more effort like that out of their hat. Meanwhile, the Henderson Silver Knights, again, despite some of the disappointment and frustration, not only amongst the fans, but you can hear in the voice of uh, Manny Viveros and the players how, yeah, last night was a great game, but of course they're not going to enjoy it because they didn't win, and that's, that's to be understood. Having said that, I think you really got to feel good if you're a member of the Silver Knights, they, they, are, we got to find a way to win two straight. We have to find a way to, you know, to, to recapture the momentum of this series. If you look at what the Silver Knights did last night, I think you got to feel really confident that you're capable of it. Really confident that, you know, you, you may not played your best game last night, but you at the very least played B+. You know, if, if you play a dog of a game and you need to find a way to elevate it, well, then you got to ask yourself the questions of, like, well, why didn't we have our best game for game one? Why, why weren't we ready for game one of the Pacific Division final? Silver Knights don't have that problem. They played a great game last night. They managed the momentum swings in the third period. It just wasn't enough. They'll try to find another level tonight to extend things to game three. Special thanks to Ryan Holt of the Bakersfield Condors and Mike McKenna for joining the program today. This has been HSK Today. We'll be on the air with the pregame show for Game 2 at 6.30 here on 12.30 of the game with 7 o'clock puck drop, Game 2 of the Pacific Division Finals. I'm Brian McCormick. Thank you so much for spending your afternoon with us. We'll see you tonight for Silver Knights Playoff Hockey. Have a great one, everybody.